0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Grant Elliott with us. He is the president and CEO of Ostendio, a B2B SaaS platform for companies who want to simplify their cybersecurity and risk management processes. So welcome to the show, man. Hi, great to be here. Of course, man, great to have you here. Uh, Let's jump into the first one, Grant. So, the first one I have for you is what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question, actually. I was talking to someone recently about something very similar to this. You know, when I was, I kind of grew up in Scotland in a town called Paisley, uh, which at the time I grew up in in the 80s and was kind of quite economically challenged. And so, uh, Around about the age of twenty I moved down to London to try and find work and, you know, I think the first weekend or the second weekend I was down in London. I was in my bedside, you know, didn't know anyone and you know was listening to, you know, my clock radio, which was the only thing I had in my room. And a song by the proclaimers came on, uh, called Letter to America. And some of your listeners might be aware, of it, but it talks about again the whole concept of sending back a letter from America because the persons had to go to America because they've left Scotland for you know economic reasons and you know, different industrial was kind of went down and the person I was talking to about this you know had a very similar experience she was American she would moved from Michigan and we moved to London and Europe etc and what was really interesting was we both had this kind of same theme of being forced to, to, to have to leave the kind of place we grew up but both of us looked at the life that we had and, you know, we, you know, again, had a great life. I've been able to travel the world and, you know, worked for some amazing companies, met some absolute fantastic people. And the, the kind of shared experience we had is that as difficult as it was to be forced to leave where we grew up and leave our family and friends, actually it led to a fantastic life. And that, you know, even in situations where you think that, you know, you, you know you've been forced to do something that maybe you don't want to do at the time, it can lead to great opportunity and that you know the world is a, a fantastic and beautiful place and if you just you know again don't accept what's been handed to you don't just accept the kind of you know economic advantage or situation that you've been handed out you know and take advantage of what else is out there and travel and, and do great things and, and i think for me that was a kind of lesson because it was a difficult time in my life and but
0: again you know look back now and it was the best thing i could ever have done mm. thank you for sharing that with us man Um, The uh, next one I have for you is, what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I guess probably from from my perspective, you know, my company, we're a cybersecurity and information management company. I'm an an ops guy by heart. You know, I look at things from a very operational perspective. Um, I like to make sure that things fit into neat patterns and structures. I love spreadsheets and, and Business models, and when I was given the responsibility of being a chief information security officer and trying to implement security programs, and you know the interesting thing was that doesn't always fit into neat little boxes and trying to get an organization to behave a particular way to get employees to do what they need to do, senior management to do what they need to do. So what was really interesting out of my you know my personality, my experience was instead of kind of like struggling and trying to do that, I guess like most organizations do. The whole concept of was from out of that challenge. You know, how do you basically operationalize the ability to implement a security program? How do you simplify it? How do you build it into a tool that allows you to simplify that whole com- component? And as I kind of look back right now, I kind of realize that my entire career has been built around that kind of similar, you know, challenges. You know, whatever problem I faced in the past, whether it be in marketing, you know, in product management, etc it's always been about trying to take this kind of analytical approach to solving problems to try and create a level of efficiency and operational advantage through systems, through tools, through spreadsheets or whatever way to try and simplify it. And I think maybe it comes from being inherently lazy and not wanting to have to do more work than it has to do, trying to find automated or systematic ways to get things done. And I think that comes from just an inherent operational focus or operational and analytical perspective. And it's kind of led to, I think,
0: a lot of the opportunities I've had through my career. And what is your best piece of overall business advice? So not necessarily industry specific. You know,
1: I've had some great advice from lots of different managers. And interestingly, probably some of the best advice I've had have been from maybe not some of the best managers. But I had one manager one time him said to me, you know, his advice on leadership was, um, you know, leadership is not about knowing what to do as so much as it is knowing what not to do. Right. You know, we, we, we grow up in a world, especially in a corporate world where it's all about getting things done. We like to have our, our lists and our task orders and, you know, that's that sense of accomplishment when you get that list completed or get everything done. And uh, when you're leading or when you're running an organization, unfortunately, there's always way too much to be done. So part of the challenge is choosing not just what to do, but what not to do, accepting and living with the fact that you're going to be managing a degree of failure and that things are not going to be done. And sometimes that's harder you know, choosing and consciously choosing what not to do versus choosing what what to do. And I've kind of found that advice really, really useful during my career because, you know, it allows you to understand and accept that you're not going to get everything done and become a little bit more comfortable and proactive in the choosing, you know, what what can I leave for tomorrow uh, that's not going to bite me? How do I focus on just what I can get done today and what's the priority of the day and, and, and not be completely distracted by the fact that I'm not getting everything
0: done straight away? And if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, yes, yeah, that's a great question. I think you probably have more faith in myself. I think that, you know, again, growing up in an kind of economically disadvantaged uh, place,
1: you, there's a tremendous amount of competition uh, for uh, relatively few opportunities. And so there's a tendency to probably think that maybe you're, you're 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 not as smart or not as talented or not as capable uh, as maybe you are. And I think, you know, when I look back in my younger self, um, you know, I wish I had a little bit more confidence. I wish I had a little bit more belief in myself. You know, I think that, you know, it's great to look back at, again, you know, not to say that anything I've done is perfect, but, you know, look back at accomplishments and achievements and take confidence out of that, working with different people on an ongoing basis and realise that, the way people present themselves is not necessarily you know, who they are or, or what they are, and that you know people are always presenting their best self, and that that's not necessarily who we are. We, we we all try and attain that level of of perfection, but we we never quite make it. And I think my younger self probably believed that you know presentation that everyone else gave and believe that that's who everyone was and because I wasn't that perfect um, that maybe somehow that you know there was uh, something lacking in myself and I think life teaches you the lesson that actually no, we're all flawed uh, we're all imperfect uh, and really what we try and do is do the best we can so I kind of wish you know when I was a little bit younger I had a little bit more of that knowledge but you know, maybe that's just one of
0: those things that just comes with, with old age. And uh, kind of going a little bit down a different path. In your opinion, what is the key to happiness?
1: You know, that's, I, I, for me. We, we just had a, a situation recently. My, uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law just actually passed away very, very recently, and so we have had to go through that whole service. And, and you know, she was eighty years of age when she, she passed away. So she led a great life. And, and one of my friends stood up at the service recently and, said, and talked that whole concept what is death, what is happiness, what is a life well lived. And, you know, what really kind of came out of that and who really resonates and what I believe in is it's really about you know, who you surround yourself with. You know, happiness is about having people to love and having people that love you and making sure that you you have people in your life uh, because it really doesn't matter what you have materially. It, it really doesn't matter, you know, sense of purpose or achievement. All those things are, you know, are important, but fundamentally, you know, for me, happiness is about my family, happiness is about, uh, you know, making sure that I have people to love and, and that there are people that love me.
0: And um, what is the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from that? So this is going to probably sound a little bit cliché, but it probably is the, the, the book that's had
1: the most impact in, in, in my life. And I think it was not just because of what the book was, but probably the time of my life when I read it. And it was actually in Nielsen Mandela's autobiography Long Walk to Freedom. And and, and the reason I think it had so much impact is not just because, you know, Mandela was an amazing, amazing individual, Um, but a couple of things struck out. One was that, you know, with the the hardship he faced, with the the, the systematic pressure that was faced with him, uh, you know, and and, and obviously the people he he represented, um, he chose an approach. Uh, that was incredibly nuanced an incredibly subtle. Right? And, you know, I think the other aspect was just the fact that, you know, he was, you know, if I got this right, he was, kind of, I think, was late, was maybe in his 40s, I think he might have been just in his 40s when he actually went to prison. And then he still spent, what, 27 years uh, in prison and still managed to maintain that sense of dignity, still managed to maintain that sense of grace and that, that sense of courage, and you know, just ongoing faith in humanity and people. And you know I think if someone like Nelson Mandela can gain that level of faith, uh, given all that he had to go through, then I think we have to look at ourselves a lot the things of wonder how impatient or intolerant we are at a certain point so for me, that was a you know again a you know, kind is a a recurring theme through my life, which is again you know you know take a long term view and just just don't give up, just just continue going and what is your favorite quote and why? So my favourite quote, again, came out when I was actually studying management, and, and it's, I mean, some people have heard of it, and again, if, if you have, I apologise, but actually it's a quote from um, A.A. Milne, and it's, um, if you look it up, it says, it's uh, out of um, uh, Winnie the Pooh, and it's the famous bump, bump, bump quote, and it, it really basically, will paraphrase it by language the thing, that Christopher Robbins pulling. Uh, Edward Bear down uh, the steps and, you know, by the foot and, and he's bumping his head in the back and in the back um, as he goes and he's going to say, bump, bump, bump. And he wishes there was a, you know, a better way to come downstairs before like, the bumping would stop for a minute to think about it. And, and, and I kind of love that quote so much because, you know, I love the fact that it's just taken out of literature. Um, but it's such a great management metaphor for the fact that we spend a huge amount of time just plowing forward and doing things and getting things done. Without ever really thinking and stopping if there's a better way to get things done. You know, as an entrepreneur, I feel it's my duty to stop and think, you know, look, is it a better, is it easier, is it a simpler way to get things done rather than just plow ahead and you can
0: just focus on it? So I love that quote basically because of what it represents, but also because I just love taking fun quotes at of literature and the lessons that we can make from Yes. Um, so, listen, thank you so much for coming on. The last one I have for you before we let you go is where is the best place for people to find and or connect with you online?
1: Well, so, again, people can uh, again, uh, find us online at www.astendale.com. Uh, they can find uh, me on LinkedIn at Grant Grand uh, Again, just the Grand Grant at search, although I am the Grant area on LinkedIn. Um, and, again, they can tweet us at Astendale or they can tweet me at astendio uh, underscore ceo. Um, and again, all of those work, and we'll be happy to uh, respond or answer to any questions.
0: Perfect, man. Thanks again for jumping on.
1: It's a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me.